Welcome to Museum Archipelago. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum Archipelago guides you through the rocky landscape of museums. Each episode is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. Lana Pajdiš is from Croatia. We are a small country and we have fewer inhabitants than some U.S. cities, you know. We don't, we don't have as many fields of industry or a strong economy or whatever. And tourism is maybe the most important field we have. But in recent years, the Croatian city of Dubrovnik, due in part to being a prominent filming location of the TV series Game of Thrones, has experienced dramatic overcrowding. I was there last time and it was... It was pretty much terrible to see that people were waiting in lines to enter inside the old town, inside the walls. And there were so many agencies uh, selling uh, Game of Thrones tours and uh, taking people to some specific areas where uh, where it's kind of difficult to have so many people in the same place, uh, even for, um, for, for safety reasons. Pajdeš is the founder of Fun Museums, a heritage and culture travel blog. Okay, my name is Lana Paidash. My blog, it's called Fun Museums because I simply like to say that museums are fun above all. Visiting museums is a fun experience and uh, people shouldn't think that uh, museums are something cold, elegant, smart, uh, intellectual. Uh, it's just uh, people can have that experience in their leisure time. Paidash is also a museum marketer and consultant. Her overall theme is that museums are fun. It's a radical idea, and it influences everything, from her philosophy on museum marketing to a way to approach overcrowding in museums and heritage sites. Exactly. Uh, That is my guiding principle. The way I write my articles is to say the most cool, funky stuff about each museum I visit. Sometimes museum professionals don't like it at all. That's why some people from museums, curators, for instance, or uh, marketing, museum marketing professionals or education professionals, they send me messages yeah, you know, could you could you stop saying things that way because it's in contrast with our professional values? But then I said, <laughs> okay, but that's what that's what people like to know. That's what people like to hear. If you think that it should be more intellectual, you need to understand that most of the people can't really read it that way, can't really understand the way you want to pre- present it to them. But there is a real tension because the access isn't just between what is fun and what is intellectual. In episode 17 of Museum Archipelago, I cover the spectacular failure of a Disney theme park concept called Disney's America in 1994. The park, which would have opened in Virginia not far from Washington, D.C., would have showcased, quote, the sweep of American history within a fun theme park environment. It is particularly notable to witness the confidence and enthusiasm Disney executives had for a tightrope between entertainment and American history. An example is um, the a town on um, on the east of Croatia. Its name is uh, Vukovar. The town was heavily destroyed in the most recent war in this part of Europe uh, in uh, 1991 when it was occupied. Almost all the buildings were destroyed, almost all the people had to go away from there. And it was uh, one of the most terrible stories that happened in Europe after the the end of the Second World War. And now that city has been quite well restored. Some people went back to live there and uh, the museum was completely renovated. And obviously the visit to that museum is a nice and enjoyable experience, but in recent history, you really need to to deal with 
some awful stuff that happened uh, just less than 30 years ago. It's difficult to a person uh, from a from Western Europe, to, and sometimes it's difficult to understand what really happened in the in the lands of ex-Yugoslavia. It's even sometimes too complicated, even for people from these areas, because it's not it's not that simple as some historians like to present, as some books like to present, or some journalists, or and there are even many different opinions. Uh, so I think that museums really sometimes need to take a certain side, even though. Others uh, will disagree. Museum that deals with uh, those stories uh, needs to, uh, first of all, to, to show what are those emotions and to collaborate with people who suffer those emotions. And of course, some emotional intelligence is very important uh, for um, those museum professionals who would create that storytelling that would transmit uh, emotions of certain people to people who will be just visitors or who may have nothing to do with, uh, with those areas or stories. No matter what kind of museum you're about to walk into, you have a sense of what you might find inside. And since that sense is partially informed by a museum's marketing, Pydish has made a habit of noting how people react to museums before they go. In most cases, it happens that people procrastinate their decisions to go to, to a museum. That happens more often than not. Most of the time, they will say like, ah, but uh, maybe some other time. I go some next time. I would really like to visit that museum, but today I feel a bit tired. I, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to go to eat, to drink. Uh, I prefer to stay at home, watch a movie. Uh, but I would really love to visit that museum, but maybe one day. Uh, when uh, my friends go to Paris, for instance, they say, ah, I want to visit Louvre, uh, but uh, there, I know there are other museums, but maybe other time, because Louvre is already enough uh, for, for me for these uh, three days or something like that. Right. This tendency to choose the most popular museum to the exclusion of less frequently visited ones is part of Paidish's interest in sustainable tourism. Uh, parallelly interested in sustainable travel thing along with the museum thing and these are the two areas that I actually mentioned as my primary areas of focus and interest uh, so museums and sustainable travel and uh, sustainability has so many faces I'm quite interested in seeing about energy efficiency and waste management um, but over tourism being one of the one of my focus areas even though I don't really pretend to know what what could be a solution for that. Some uh, attractions such as the Alhambra Castle in Spain uh, introduced online booking and you can't really just come in, buy the ticket and enter, but you need to book your spot in advance online. And sometimes you can't get a ticket if you just remember a week before you want to go. And yeah, that these are these are some of the solutions. I do wonder how much of this heavily concentrated overcrowding has to do with the nature of social media itself. There's a network effect of a geotagged photo, not just at a particular heritage site, but at a particular spot within that heritage site that presents the best angle for a photo or looks exactly the way it did on Game of Thrones. Of course, there are many other factors that lead to overcrowding. The cheap flights the increasing ability of people to travel, the dynamic of travel as a product. And if the Acropolis in Athens is already at capacity every single day, what is it going to look like 10 or 20 years from now? And to go back to Disney theme parks, tourism as a product already has an answer. Just raise the prices. 
But heritage for the rich isn't heritage anymore. Heritage should be accessible. Obviously, for many people around the world, it's not really affordable to even go to some places. What I want to be avoided is that it becomes too expensive so that wealthy people can afford visiting uh, those attractions. That's what I would like uh, to be avoided. Um, and the other thing, I would really like to encourage more more people who really like to travel to visit some secondary attractions, not go necessarily to the most famous places, but to visit some places around that usually also need visitors and can um, and the more local people could make money for living uh, if they get visitors uh, on that particular place because more people could be employed in those places or uh, some businesses could flourish or yeah that's the, the basic thing and this is what ties all aspects of Paidish's work together to use the social media network effect to share the secondary attractions of a city balancing the pressure on the most popular heritage site to read Paidish's blog and to learn about her consulting work visit funmuseums.eu. Her Twitter handle is L-A-N-A-P-A-J-D-A-S. This episode of Museum Archipelago is sponsored by the Museums, Heritage, and Public History Program at the University of Missouri at St. Louis. The Museums, Heritage, and Public History Program is currently accepting applications for the fall 2019 semester. They offer an MA degree as well as a graduate certificate. Their programs address pressing needs of museums and heritage institutions in the 21st century and prepare students for professional careers in museums, historic sites and societies, cultural agencies, and related organizations. Financial support is available for a limited number of students, and applications are due by February 1st. For more information, please call 314-516-4805 or visit their website at umsl.edu forward slash tilde museums. Thanks to the Museums, Heritage, and Public History Program at the University of Missouri at St. Louis for their support of Museum Archipelago. You'll find a full transcript of this episode along with show notes at museumarchipelago.com. Club Archipelago members get access to a bonus podcast feed that's sort of like the director's commentary to the main show. Subscribe at patreon.com slash museumarchipelago. If this is your first show, don't forget to subscribe for free in your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. And next time, bring a friend. <laughs>